let's recap the 2022 Florida RV show with Jeff and Joanne and get their thoughts on what's happening right now in the industry. I'm Alex Burkett, and this is the Outdoor Alliances podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Jeff and Joanne from My Bucket List Day, which is their channel and content distribution. Jeff is also president at Global Wireless Business Solutions, a technology firm leading teams to develop various technologies to solve problems for large and small companies. Jeff and Joanne, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. So just start, give us a little bit of an introduction about what you guys do and sort of how you got started RVing and traveling. Well, a little over a year ago, um, we were both sitting in the house. Right, the rest of the world. Yeah, like everybody else, <laughs> kind of stuck in with COVID. And we were looking at each other because we both worked from home and saying, why are we doing this from here when we can be looking at this beautiful country and continuing our work? Which so, has always been a dream, a long-term dream of ours anyway, a plan. Yes, it was. So bottom line is we basically put everything up for sale, got rid of it all. We still have a few things in storage, to be honest, but pretty much got rid of everything and uh, bought a fifth wheel toy hauler and a big Ford F-450 truck and hit the road. We've been doing it now for about a year and a half. And our YouTube channel, we started about nine months ago. And so what was sort of the inspiration to sort of document this journey and create sort of this channel to give people a behind the scenes look at what you're doing? Well, to be honest, Alex, at first, uh, we did it just to kind of document it for ourselves and our family and friends. Right. And uh, after doing, oh, I don't know, several days of it, we started looking at each other saying, you know what? Let's try. <laughs> Let's do this. We had we had some feedback with other folks that watched this and said, you guys are really good at this and you got great chemistry on camera. You should turn out, turn it into a YouTube channel. So we were kind of inspired by uh, another channel. Um, I will say I got there. Motivation, if you will, from them. It's right. from uh, Mark and Trish from uh, Keep Your Daydream. And uh, long story short, we just said, let's not only go on the road, but let's create a YouTube channel. Right. And the pitfalls, the fun, you know, you, you really never know what to expect. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Truly, you don't. And it's fun. It's funny. It's fun. Um, and I think that's really why we started to share it. Yeah, exactly. And now, uh, full disclosure, I did reach out to Mark and Trish prior to doing this, and they were kind enough to reach out and help me. And I asked them a few questions. They gave me a little advice on how to get started. And uh, after that, the rest, as they say, is history. Here we are nine months into this, and our channel is growing quite well, at least according to everybody we talk to. They say, you guys are doing great. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> we, we don't know. That's what they say. <laughs> We just met a lot of YouTubers at yeah. the uh, RV show, and they all said, you guys are doing fantastic. Your growth is really, really good in such a short period of time. That's amazing. And what do you guys think from both the uh, sort of creating the channel and creating the content and things, and also traveling, have been some of the either unusual things or things that you didn't expect along the way? Oh, God. It's a loaded question. Yeah, we could be here for hours. I was going to say, I, I think I gave you a little bit of a topic to cover here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, just for the channel itself, I was unaware of how much time it takes to develop content and edit it and uh, all the tricks and the tips that you need to do it. And 
you know, I, at first I thought you needed a lot of great equipment. And the bottom line is you don't. All you need is a, a decent smartphone and you can get started. Um, and then there's several tricks you can do in editing to make it look a little better. Um, now, we do have all the latest and greatest in cameras and gear and drones and things like that that right. can help us create great content. Um, and then we use uh, uh, Final Cut as our primary editor for videos. And uh, that's the biggest thing is the how much time it takes. That's the biggest thing we learned. And with the, the RV, I'm sorry, honey. And with the RV, um, and I know everybody probably says this, expect the unexpected. Just yes. every day, no matter. And we're both pretty sad. We've both been on the road prior to this years and years ago. We traveled um, extensively in um RVs or, or buses. So we sort of knew what to expect, but still it's always changing, ever changing. And now with the influx of everybody traveling on down the road in RVs, it's, <laughs> it's, it's challenging. It's gotten interesting yeah. when, uh, we should probably say, fortunately, I'm very mechanically inclined. Thank so God. there's <laughs> not much I can't fix. However, the challenge we find is finding parts. Right. Um, as Joanne mentioned, with everyone out there doing this and with the growth that we've seen in the RV industry over last year and this year, of I believe it was uh, published over 600% growth. Correct. Both years. <laughs> that, uh, as you probably, Alex, have heard, getting parts is difficult and getting time in a shop to get your rig fixed is two, three, four, five months of waiting finding a spot to park in is, yeah. is, is challenging yeah that's a whole nother topic is yeah. uh, in fact we just uh we just released a video today uh on that topic of uh finding a an rv park and it's been challenging and we think we found the magic bullet um, we're hoping we're waiting to see that but uh, there's a company out there that we uh discovered called spot tonight and uh, Terry there, the CEO and the founder of the company, great guy. Um, we did a little interview, so we encourage all of you, go ahead and watch that video. You can learn all about Spot tonight, and uh, you can tell you will be able to see why we believe this is kind of a game changer for the RV industry and uh, booking camps, camping grounds, campgrounds and spots. Yeah, and that's great. And as you mentioned, that's something that we've seen a lot is sort of this growth in the RV sales, as well as the parts, the service, everything that goes with it. So I guess let's shift gears a little bit so we can talk about what the experience was like at the Florida RV show that you guys sort of just came back from. Um, yeah. Talk about how the attendance was there. I mean, this was record setting with so many people there from around the industry. Like what, what was that experience like being there in person? And you're absolutely right, Alex. It was record setting. Um, it was electric, first of all. Yeah, it really, it really was. was. It was electric for everybody, for the um, the people visiting, for the patrons, for all of the vendors, all of it. It was you could see the electricity, you could feel it, um, the excitement. Yeah, it was uh, as you already pointed out. The attendance was I don't know what the final numbers were, but I was there last year, and it was at least double that. Um, but the big thing I noticed was the vendor participation was twofold bigger. Um, there are RV manufacturers out there 
I believe they had every model or floor plan and prototype and prototypes correct. that they yep. had on their lots or in their factories, and they brought them all down because I, so they had to glue them together to <laughs> yeah. get them out there. But they did; they brought it all. Yeah, in fact, we saw some RVs that were, hey, you can look at it, but don't touch. <laughs> right, you can't go in it. Or I was going to say like it's that. probably already sold to somebody else because the waiting list is so long for these things. Yeah. Oh, Alex, you would not believe by Saturday. How many manufactured booths, whether it's Keystone, Grand Design, mm -hmm. Newmar, Essex, I don't care what brand it was, almost every RV we saw on the out there on display had a soul sign, sign on, on it. it. Yep. It was unbelievable. We were like, well, we figured we'd see a few of them, but by Saturday... We saw them everywhere. Like, I, we're talking the big, big, you know, $750,000 buses. Oh, yeah, It was absolutely. in everything from highest end to Yeah. In the fact, smallest. there was uh, uh, in the, up by the Prevos, the marathons, yep. the, the big ones there. We actually saw a sold sign of one of those. I was like, holy mackerel. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And you think even, you know, you've been hearing a little bit about the, oh, the economy's bad or people don't have money. And while that may be true and that there are yes. definitely changes coming that way, it still mm -hmm. shows that people are making the transition to RVing and still wanting to camp and be outdoors. And so that's something that has been, I think, one of those shifts that we've seen um, that will obviously continue for the next couple of years with this massive growth. Yeah, and where we, we've really seen the difference is uh, not only the camping, but being outdoors, but millennials, um, we're seeing a huge growth. At least we saw this at the show and yeah. talking with folks, a tremendous growth of millennials saying, you know what, I don't want to buy a house. I don't want to get an apartment. I'm working out of the house already or re remotely already. I'm going to go see the country and I'm going to work remote. And so a lot of them are going full-time and buying rigs, whether it be a, a simple little van all the way up to some good-sized Class A's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's that's been a huge change as well. Like you said, those changing demographic groups and things like that, younger people camping, you know, still have older people camping as well. Like it's, it's become something that's multi-generational across the board where everybody can do it. Absolutely. Um, so talk a little bit about, were there things at the show that were different than years past from you going? And what was something besides the attendance that maybe surprised you guys about what you saw? Well, we the big thing we saw, or I noticed, and we can't say we're experienced uh, RV trade show people. Yeah. This is probably the third one we've ever been to. But I was surprised to see how many bloggers vloggers yeah. and media were running around everywhere yeah doing all sorts of things mm -hmm. um on just in fact i even saw some uh, bloggers out there just grabbing people walking by and saying hey would you mind me asking you a few questions interviews which, yeah everywhere so i i didn't see that last year at all actually and uh this year we met pretty much all of the top YouTube channels, YouTubers yeah. in the RV industry. Which is fun, man. Yeah, it was, was so a lot much of fun. fun. We met a lot of them, uh, which last year they were there, but not not as many of them were there. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, so I guess what uh, what on the vendor side did you get to interact with people and what might be something that, that people can can look for or sort of take away from experiencing one of these shows if they've never gone before? 
Well, first off, um, there's a lot of new technology that was introduced this year, both in solar power, other alternate power and battery technology. They're starting to really listen and hone in to what people need on a daily basis because people are truly living in them now and trying to, you know, they're trying to accommodate the average Joe almost on a daily basis. Yes. Now I will say, and and, uh, this is kind of a personal for me because of my other company, my global wireless business solutions, we really do a lot in wireless work and wireless uh, connectivity. I was kind of disappointed that the there wasn't more uh, companies represented there that had some new wireless capabilities. It's just the same old people kind of pushing the same old thing. Yes, there was some talk with 5G. Uh, yes, there's some new 5G antennas and things like that, but nothing new. I mean, and without, I can't disclose because of some technologies that we're working on right now, but there's some opportunity there for some really robust internet internet connection uh, to be had for this industry and uh well needed (laughs) yeah definitely needed as everybody's out there they're all all relying on needing something to be able to do their business and they can't rely on rv park uh, wi-fi which we all know is pretty much non-existent or or if it does exist it's very very poor quality yeah i was gonna say do you see when you're traveling and going to some of these rv parks are parks starting to adapt to this a little bit more and maybe have some sort of wi-fi or option for people looking to work and get stuff done or is it still kind of the same as it's been it's it's improved a little bit but let's be honest um and I don't, I don't mean to be uh, insulting to anybody, but they just under, don't understand the wireless connectivity world. And when they start to learn it, they're obsolete already. So everything I've been seeing installed, you know, within the last couple of years is already obsolete and not able to handle the volume and the traffic that is coming into the parks. Yeah. So they may say, oh, it's fantastic. And then they get, you know, 25, 30 new rigs in there with as demanding somewhere between four and five gigs per day and all their system crashes. It just can't handle it. Yeah. And I don't want to get too sort of far down into this topic, but Mm -hmm. is that, is that something that you would recommend maybe to park owners as somebody who does travel and obviously you you're looking for Wi-Fi and things like that to just make the investment or begin conversations like this to sort of start to cater to some of these millennial campers and things who are looking for Wi-Fi? To be perfectly frank, I would uh, advise the RV parks to not waste their investment and the capital in doing so. Because the technology changes so rapidly, Alex, that whatever they invest in today is going to be obsolete tomorrow. Where the investment needs to take place is by the actual RVer, the owner of the RV, where they can have devices installed on on their RV and have some unique plans that are coming down the pike between the various carriers here in the United States that they can stay updated with that. Um, If they try to get something from the RV parks and the investment that they have to do there, it's just they're not going to be able to keep up with the technology quick enough, and it's going to be a very large capital expenditure, not to mention the fact they'll have to pass it on to the uh, people participating or visiting their parks and I'm not going to pay, uh, for example, I'm not going to mention names, but there's some Wi-Fi services in a lot of these parks and they're charging, you know, $25, $30, $50 uh, 
a week or a day just for right. minimal, minimal speeds and ridiculous right. stuff. And I'm like, why would I do that? So, I mean, it's just not worth it. So I would advise parks not to even bother getting involved with it. And that's, that's just my personal opinion. If I own an RV park, I would not be investing a single penny in internet infrastructure for the guests unless it was at the inside the clubhouse or at the pool area or things of that nature. Right. And no, that makes a lot of sense to me. If from somebody who has talked to people who obviously camp and travel and, and you guys do this as well, are there things that are changing that used to be maybe more important to our viewers that are not becoming as important and new things that are sort of popping up that have become more important to people traveling? Um, did you get to engage in any of those conversations at the show? And what sorts of things are, are you seeing in this space? A little bit, Alex. Um, we did see, it, it's kind of like the shift in the trend of the demographics getting into the RVs, mm-hmm. where, um, you know, the 50 and older, maybe even 45 and older, they, yeah, they, they're okay with pickleball. They might play a little <laughs> bit occasionally here and there. Um, pools, yeah, they like the pools, but... Um, I'll be honest, a lot of people, at least the millennials, the stories we hear is, you know, we like the pools and everything, but we go there and you get the creepy old men checking out the young girls and stuff like that. So they're uncomfortable going to the pools. So, you know, that's, that's just kind of a, something that we've heard. And so they're like, you know, rather than go to the pools, we're going to go out and explore the rivers and the lakes and we're going to go hiking and camp, you know, not camping, but hiking and exploring other areas. So they're not really using the amenities at the park so much. As they used to, correct. They're there to see everything. Yeah. So what a a lot of folks have been telling us is the RV parks need to make a shift in their amenities and not so much to those, you know, like we talked about like shuffleboard and, and tennis right. and things like that, but move into something that's more uh, social. Like uh, uh, one, we've heard uh, several times people suggesting that they should put a restaurant bar in the RV park that's not only open to the public, hut, right. or tiki huts that people can go up and have some cocktails by the pool. And socialize. And right. social, right, right. So we found that a lot of people are saying that would be more interesting to us than, you know, all this, all these other amenities that they've that, added, that have been in there yeah, that have been in some of the older parks that we have today. Right now, in the family parks, um, obviously, a lot of the things, the playground sets and the arcades and the things like that, that some of these parks have for the families, those are still very, very important um, to the family travelers. Yeah, and those still do well, mm-hmm. um, but the. The single travelers, we, we're hearing, at least we heard in several conversations at the show, that there needs to be a shift in some of the RV parks on the amenities they offer. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. It seems to be either two camps of like, hey, I'm mom and dad. I want to keep the kids busy and not socialize with the kids. Or if I'm single, I want to find ways to socialize and connect. So that makes that makes a lot of sense right. if, if I'm a traveler in, in the type of amenity I'm looking for. Right. And not so much single, but just even couples. Couples like to just... uh, Right. Make new friends and find ways to connect with people, even during COVID and stuff like that. That's, I think, become more important for people. Right. And the other thing that is becoming very important is even if you're going out in the wilderness, people like a a nice, clean site or pad Mm -hmm. to park on. That's That's a big thing I'm hearing a lot. You know, you hear a lot of people saying, oh, it's a decent park, but 
I mean, we're parked in anthills. We're parked in mud. Yeah, we're in parked mud, in, right. Our, our utilities is falling apart. Our, you know, electrical box was hanging there. I was afraid to touch it and that kind of thing. So those things are things that a lot of these older RV parks need to really focus on. And, you know, you because put, people are going, they're traveling now. Yeah. I mean, if I was to build a park today, Alex, I would tell you right now, there'd be a concrete pad for both the, uh, the park, your tow vehicle and the rig. Um, and, or if you've just got a class A and you're, you're towing a car, but a pad for both of those, a nice brick pad or brick paver pad for your picnic table and picnic area outside. Good, strong um, utilities for your water, electric, and sewer. Um, spend the money there because that's what people are really wanting when they're going into these RV parks versus some of those other amenities. Again, as I said, some people do like the pools in this Arizona, the Texas, southern Texas, and the Florida markets. But everywhere else, people are like, yeah, I don't need the pool. I just don't really care for that that much. Yeah, so let's switch gears a little bit. Talk to me about some of the RV units and things that you've seen or even you guys when you were purchasing or deciding on uh, the RV to travel with. Are there changes being made to the units that you've seen over the last couple of years to sort of adapt to some of these new customers and what they're wanting? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. There's been a huge shift yep. um, from everything from the just the, the van life right, um, all the way up to the the... Class A's. And the new Super C's. And the new Super C's. Yeah, uh, hot commodity, yep. Yeah, we are, we're a big fan of the Super C. Uh, there's a lot of benefits to that. Um, and we're seeing some redesigns. We're seeing yeah. that uh, the bath and a half is becoming very popular for even just a couple. Right. But for a family, for sure. Um, the bathrooms are bigger. It's like it's a, like homes, you know, the, the bathrooms are bigger. They're yeah. putting a lot more cabinet space. They're cramming it everywhere. Um, they're really making good use of all of the wall space and every little nook and cranny. Yeah. And the decor, I will yeah. say, finally, uh, the manufacturers, <laughs> listen, we saw it at the show this year. Yeah. They're finally getting away from grandma and grandpa's decor. Right, the dark browns. In the and dark woods. Going more modern, and more appealing. Right. Yes. And they're going with a lighter, fresher, cleaner look that, I mean, we're not young, but we're not, we don't consider ourselves old either. Right, we want to tear it out and repaint everything. Yeah. So, right. so we want, you know, the light, the light finishes. In fact, we were just talking about, and it's in our video we released today, there's a, a discovery model. They nailed it on the head on decor. It's nice and light and bright. with And open and just clean right and good quality materials and right. the drawers and everything and it just they did a great job and we're seeing more and more of the companies doing that both in in all classes of rvs from right. like i said class a's all the way down to this just the the vans yeah uh, we will say we're amazed at how awesome these vans have become however <laughs> however they've become very expensive too i was amazed yeah. at the price of some of these vans yeah. Yes, and I know there are people out there who, like you, love the the unit themselves, but hate the sticker price when they they start oh, to look boy. at it. Oh um, my goodness! So yeah. that could even be an adaptation we'll see over the next couple of years as manufacturers trying to find something that sort of meets the demand, but but also meets the price range for some people. Yeah. So right. ho hopefully, you see the price come down a little bit, but that's obviously hard to tell with some of this growth and stuff that's happening. Yeah. Speaking of that growth, do you see that continuing over the next couple of years? And do you see RV sales continuing to rise? 
Well, I do for 2022. Um, however, you know, I was amazed to see that everybody's price across the board, whether it's accessories and or rigs themselves, they definitely all went up. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, for a period of time last year, there was no discounting. They were taking mm -hmm. full MSRP and that's it. Yeah. However, at the show, we saw some discounting from the manufacturers. I think they've all caught up to somewhat of the demand. I shouldn't say the demand caught up, but it's gotten close to being caught up. Um, and so now you're starting to see a little more inventory available. So now you're starting to see They're a little bit more competitive, not much, but yeah. So when you used to have a 30 to 40% discount off MSRP, you're still getting 20 to 30. You can get, I saw one, they were 35% under MSRP, which is the biggest one discount I saw. Most of the people were between the 20 and 30%. I think, um, you know, I think this year, as Jeff said, uh, people are still traveling. I don't see it slowing down whatsoever. I know a lot of people spoke and thought that this year would slow down after last year, that it was just a, a, a quick fling. A fad, yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. I think the people that are out there are loving it uh, for the most part, of course. You know, it's not easy. It's not an easy life by any means. It does take a lot of work. Um, however, yeah. I, I think I don't see it slowing down, not this year at all. Well, and I disagree a little bit with what Joe said. She's right. It's increased when you look at previous years. But mm -hmm. I do see mid-year this year, you're going to maybe see a little bit of a slowdown for the fall. Um, and I only think that is because we are going to get to a point of, you know, basic economics of saturation. You're going to get to a point of the amount of people and amount of rigs that are out there yeah. will start to balance itself. And then you're going to start nope. to see a huge, um, sur I don't want to say surplus, but a huge availability of a used rig. Um, oh, yeah, I agree. Because we did see a lot of people say, hey, you know what? We bought our first rig. We're so excited about it. But now that we're into it with both feet, right. we're like, wow, we should have bought one a little bigger. Or we should have right. bought one that did this or Agreed. had one that had that. Mm -hmm. So now they're looking to trade theirs in or sell it outright and go buy the one that they really feel they're comfortable with. Right. They just bought it to sort of get started when it's like, hey, there's right. basically nothing right. available. We need a unit to go camp. And they, they sort of took what they can get. So exactly. no, I, I agree so, with you there that the, the used RV market in the next couple of years could be something that that there's a lot of, of availability for sale, which which could be good to get some high quality units at maybe potentially lower prices because of how many units will be out there. So something to, to yes. keep an eye on for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah potentially. That, yeah, what I'm hoping doesn't happen is the people who got into uh, RVing thought, oh, we see these YouTube channels, it's fantastic, this this is going to be so much fun. And they realized how much work it is, or they realized that there's, hey, there's constant repair on these things. <laughs> and they're not mechanically inclined, and they don't want to wait four months from the dealer to get their rig back and things like that. And they just get frustrated and just say, I'm out, I'm out. Right. So I hope there's not too much of that. Um, I do encourage people, if you're going to get in the RV life, whether it's full-time or even part-time, um, beware. I don't care what brand you buy. I don't care what class of RV you get. And everybody says this. You are going to have repairs <laughs> and you are going to have breakdowns and you have to. It's just like that. a car. Exactly. Yep. Well, more, more so. Yeah, more <laughs> so or worse. It, it, <laughs> exactly. Because, exactly. I mean, these things are, and I always say this, these are rolling earthquakes. And when it's you're a house going on, on wheels. 
It exactly. is, yeah. And they're shaking and baking and just moving. Everything's moving. When you get to your destination, it's not uncommon to find a cabinet door open <laughs> and everything on the floor or a drawer slide out or molding pop off or things of that nature. It just happens on, I don't care what brand, they yeah. all do it. They all do it. Yep. They all do it. I completely so if, agree. If you don't have the stomach for that, <laughs> RVing is not your life. <laughs> right. And there are so many working parts to these things. You know, a lot of people that, that haven't done it before, haven't really um, invested enough time looking into it. They don't know how many working parts. It's unbelievable. If you think about it, like you said, a car times whatever. So all of the rattle and rolling every day right. or as much as you travel is, is a lot. Yeah. yeah, and simple things like how do you pack your refrigerator for travel day? <laughs> you don't you don't do that at home, do right. you? Right. You right. have to think about that before. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So just talk to me and as we're sort of wrapping up here, now that we're sort of beyond the Florida RV show, what's coming next for you guys and can you give us maybe a little preview of of some topics or content that's going to be coming out here soon? Well, for us, um you're going to see a lot more what we've all talked about, and that is just seeing this beautiful country that we live in and yeah. sharing that with our audience. We love to do things, see things. We truly yep. do. Um, anywhere we go, we like to get out and experience. Yep. So and we're, we're even going back to places we've been before right. because, you know, for example, southern Utah, there's so much to see there. And if you spend two, three days in Zion or in uh any of the canyons down there, that's not enough time. There's right. so much to explore down there. The more you see, the more you want to see and yeah, experience. Exactly. Like, really. Yeah. And, and that's, that's Glacier it. National Park. Mm -hmm. I spent a week up there this last season and we're going back because yeah. there's just, we couldn't see it all. There's yeah. too much to do and see. Yeah. So we're, you're going to see a lot of that from us. And I think a lot of people echo that same feeling. Um, additionally, uh, you may see in our life personally, we might have an upgrade in our rig. <laughs> so yeah. we, we thought about things after this first year and a half of that. You know, we did all our homework and we really love the rig we have. But then we start seeing all the new stuff and we're like, oh, that'd be nice. Oh, <laughs> right. that should be nice. So we may do the same. I think we're also anticipating or looking forward to seeing a lot of the friends that we've made along the way. Yeah. Um, whether it's other YouTubers and other people that we've met in campgrounds. I cannot tell you how many I mean, real friends that we've made, and we're really excited to meet up with him again. You know, we get um, texts or emails all the time. What's your schedule? We want to meet with you. We want to go out that way. And yep. I'm so excited about that. So, in fact, that's one of the things we're going to be doing is we decided we're going to do a couple meetups this year yeah. in various parts of the country to where our followers and other friends can come join us and meet us. And our challenge to that has been uh, these RV parks can't really accommodate that. So we, I've been calling around trying to find an RV park that can help us out and say, hey, we might have, you know, 30, 50, 100 different rigs come in for this event for three, four days. <laughs> they're like, oh, no. <laughs> and they're like, well, we've got space for 12. <laughs> or, or four. <laughs> so yeah. that has been a challenge. So we're trying to figure out the logistics of all of that now. And we're not the only ones. We were talking to other YouTubers at the show, and they said the same thing. Uh, we've got one coming up in Texas with uh, some great people, uh, the Switch It Up crew, and we'll be joining there, Todd and Sheila. So uh, that should be fun. It's, it's a fairly new park there that 
is opening up that we're all meeting at that one. But finding RV parks to help accommodate us for these meetups, that's kind of a new challenge challenge for us this Mm -hmm. year. And we'll see how that comes out. And we'll we'll keep you you posted, Alex, as, (laughs) as to how that turns out. That's great. And if people do want to stay connected with you guys, follow your journey and see where you guys are traveling, can you give us some information on where they can find you guys and your content? Yes. All they have to do is on YouTube, go to My Bucket List Day, and you can subscribe to us there. Or on Facebook, you can go to Facebook, and then our group or our page is My Bucket List Day. Or you can go to our website and reach out to us at MyBucketListDay.com. All right. Thank you so much for being with us, guys. All right. Thanks, Alex. Alex. Thanks for listening to the Outdoor Alliances podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's segment with Jeff and Joanne. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And join me again for more news, exciting updates, and great conversations.